Like, I mean, kind of like struggle from the person who's being like doing the struggling and then the other person that's like oppressing, right? I don't know. But I mean, yeah, we can for sure. Uh, okay. <laughs> I can try to make up the other side. Okay. Well, either way. <laughs> Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 24 of the Egg Sausage Podcast. I am Gigi Navyar, joined by my lovely co-host over there, the Dapper Dame. And tonight, we're chatting about power struggles. And uh, I'm just going to let uh, Adrian kind of run with this. This is her little brainchild. And uh, yeah, should be should be an interesting little topic. You don't really see this too often. So, so what I was thinking. So have you seen the relatively new Netflix show Lock and Key? No, but it is high, high, high on the list. Ooh, okay, so I won't spoil anything, including like for people who are listening, because I know it's relatively new and some people haven't gotten to see it. Yeah. But essentially, um, it's kind of like any plot along those lines. It's like you find this thing or are given this thing and it has a lot of potential power. And mm. do you use it in the way that you think is right? Or do you use it like for your own fun or blatant evil? Ooh, spicy. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, there's even just real life scenarios where you're given, you know, like the responsibility or the power to do something. And then you get to choose like how to maneuver through that situation. So what do you typically choose? Are you like pretty neutral? Like you have a hard time making a choice? Do, are you like, haha, maybe I can get away with it? Or do you just like straight away go with like your, I don't know, gut and do the right thing? I think younger me definitely would try to take advantage of it for sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But I think, you know, yeah. that, that, like, that comes with age, right? Like you see most stories that are based on what you just said mm -hmm. and you have the older or wiser, you know, and or wiser character doing sort of the right thing. Um, but I, I mean, I guess like you could apply that to a lot of different scenarios in life. I mean, you could. Oh, yeah. I'm trying to think of something off the top of my head that would like be a good example of me being younger and taking advantage of that. <laughs> so one of the examples that I was thinking of, I was at work and I was like brainstorming like things like when have I been given like responsibility and when did I just like blatantly abuse it? Yeah. And it was when I was younger because I was like, oh, well, if I can get away with it, like, is it really that bad? Um, so we used to get allowance when we were kids. But it wasn't like a weekly allowance where you'd get it like pretty much no matter what. You got a certain amount for doing certain chores. Um, so like if you did a lot of chores, you could make a lot of money. If you didn't do shit, you didn't get anything. Um, but I found a way to like outsource my chores. <laughs> um, so like, for example, I would get paid like a couple bucks to do the dishes. And my sibling is six years younger than me. And I was like, hey, I, I bet they don't know any better. And I could probably convince them to do it for like a dollar. Of course. Yeah. And <laughs> I did that. And I did that for weeks, for <laughs> weeks. And I was just like, fuck, yeah, I'm getting paid two dollars to do nothing. They're getting a dollar on the side that they normally wouldn't have. Everything's fine. Turns out they kind of sucked at doing the dishes. <laughs> and... My mother was like, hey, why aren't you washing like the handles of the silverware or the backs of the plates? And Donnie pops up and she's just like, 
are you supposed to wash those? I haven't been doing that. And I'm like, oh my God, shut the fuck up. You know, like. <laughs> and my mom was like, what? You've been doing the dishes? And I was like, oh shit. And like, I got grounded. I got uh, grounded for a long time. <laughs> but in a, in a way, like you can take that sort of, there, there's a positive to be had out of that, I think. Because in a way you had the ingenuity, even at a young age, to sort of see the bigger picture, right? Like that that exact scenario happens at my work all the time. So to really? get in, yeah, to get into to not get into too many details. Um, I mean, some of you guys that watch the live streams and stuff know where I work, but it's regardless, it doesn't matter. Um so at the at the end of your shift, you have a deployment duty, whether that be to take out the trash, to do the dishes, et cetera, right? So it's kind of like divvy up the work. Yeah, right, right. Okay. Bef so you have to you have to do these this chore before you leave, before you get clocked out. Well, cool. there have been people in the past, and it, it was done to me when I first started there, when I was a fresh mm -hmm. newbie, just like just like your sibling, just like your yep. sibling. I didn't know any better. So a guy was like, hey, man, hey, Ray, I'm going to pay you five bucks to do my dishes tonight. And I was oh, like, shit, you know what? I, it's been a slow night, you know, five bucks. Why the heck not? Come to find out through a third party. I think it was the guy that was the, the guy or the gal that was running the shift, maybe or something like that was like, mm -hmm. hey, I overheard so-and-so get paid $10 to do their dishes. And then it, it trickled down to me for five. So he made out with five profit and didn't have to do the dishes. So, <laughs> so you were like the second in that chain. Yes. yes. Damn. And you really got gypped too. You got yeah. half of half. Exactly. Because you know, the person could have come straight to me, the original person that had to do dishes or whatever sure. could have come straight to me and just been like, hey, dude, want to do it for five bucks? And me not knowing that kind of the unsaid going rate was 10 or 15 or whatever it was. I mean, yeah. I, you know, these are all makeup numbers, but, you know, he could have saved himself five bucks by coming straight to the new guy, <laughs> you know. And being oh like, man! <laughs> no, but that other guy got to keep five bucks, and you did the dishes. Yeah, and you know, further along the line, as I became, you know, the the experienced employee, I thought about doing it to other people, no doubt, because <gasps> did it, you? Oh yeah, absolutely. I I'm not gonna lie. That's an easy racket, right? Is to take advantage of the new employee. I mean, it just. It would have been too easy. It would have been too easy, though. And I never did do it. I never did do it. But I think a part of that for me was the feeling that it gave me <laughs> knowing that sure. I got, you know, bamboozled, um, skamazed, you know, <laughs> like, I was yeah. like, I don't want this feeling for another person. But if it was younger me, if it was like 14 year old edgy Ray, for sure. Mm -hmm. For sure would have done that. That's probably how old I was when I was like convincing my sibling, like, hey, sure. how old? You know. How old uh, how old were they? So if I was 14, we're six years apart. So what is that? Eight? Okay. Yeah. I should have done yeah. the math myself there. <laughs> so You're fine. I, I might even be wrong. Who knows? I'm and like, math. And eight is that like good age where they can actually get shit done, you know? And yeah. like not do oh, a terrible dude. job. 
<laughs> so I had tried probably other things for years. Oh, okay. And they were just like too small and incapable to like sure. do my chores for me. Absolutely, absolutely. What age <laughs> what age did you guys start getting chores? Oh, I probably started getting them like easy stuff, like pick up your own laundry or like throw it in the washer, probably around like seven, eight. Okay. So he he was not already immune to doing chores anyway. No, they weren't, no. Okay. So yeah, I that's the thing. So I just basically didn't do any of mine. They did theirs and some more. Right. But here's here's the thing too. You also said that they got money that they normally would have not had. So Yeah, if they just would have washed the fucking handles <laughs> of the silverware and the backs of plates, it would have been fine. I could have gotten away with it till I was 17. <laughs> But I mean, it's what what exactly is that? Um, that 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 is impl Im implied to, or not implied. It's applied to like a certain business model, and I'm it's escaping me. I'm sure somebody's out there like it's this, it's this. It's not You're capitalism, about like but like outsourcing in general. Yeah, I guess outsourcing in general. Yeah, I mean, I guess would be a good way to uh, to describe it because like why. You know, uh, it's like a good example with goods being made in the U.S. that are now made in China. Like, why mm -hmm. are these big companies continuing to pay more to have things made here when they could just outsource it to China and make more? I mean, I guess that is capitalism, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I so, think so. <laughs> we were I'm just, pretty shit at definitions, but I think so. We were just, we were just young capitalists, you know? <laughs> yeah. <one. laughs> oh, did you ever play that game? It's like... A pretty easy like I think it's like a mobile game and you can play it on Steam too. It's like Adventure Capitalist. No. And you start with like a lemonade stand and then you you can uh like make money from that and you can turn that money into other things. Okay. You can like hire a worker to work at the lemonade stand for you and then you can like take that money and like make a bigger business. Eventually you own like whole companies and shit. Sure, sure. I don't play many mobile games, but uh, I'm, that's intriguing. That's intriguing for sure. The only game that I, I played yeah, like that, like that was one. was uh, Weed Shop. <laughs> oh yeah, you talked about that before. Yeah, same concept, weed just shop? different stuff. Well, let's be real though. Weed Shop could only get so big. I mean, you weren't running a Fortune mm -hmm. 500 company, you know, that sold weed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the the end game is not being a part of the cartel. That's yeah, not what it is. Yeah, yeah. You're like you're fighting off aliens because you're too high and you know, you're in like you're in a building that's as big as like a is like a quickie mart, you know. <laughs> yeah, a little gas station. Yeah. 100%. Great game by the way if any of you guys want to check it out and are just like wanting to play like an easy relaxing game that also has you know, real uh, kind of business aspects to it. Like you have to be on top of like what stuff has to be grown when and so on and so forth. And so I feel like those games are pretty satisfying because it doesn't happen in real time. It happens faster. So you get mm. like quick results, you know? Yeah, for sure. For sure. I mean, there's other games out there like that too, but yeah. Oh yeah. Farmville, More dude. I used to waste my life Farmville. on that game. Farmville. Fuck. There were so many people that was, wasn't that like the first mobile game that really like took I played people? it on Facebook or Facebook. Yeah. It was the first yeah. Facebook game that really like ushered them into like 
microtransactional give me all Dude, your fucking they money. They must have made a fucking killing on that game cuz you could like pay actual money for this like virtual garbage and it's like, "Oh, do you want your strawberries to grow twice as fast so you can get this little perk or whatever?" And then you'd be like, "Fuck yeah, $2, whatever." Yeah. And it's instant. It's that instant mm-hmm. gratification that Yeah. The whole microtransaction model just preys yeah, and I'm not afraid to use the word prey because that is that is what it is. It is 100%. 100% preying on people. Like there are games out there right now that, you know, are blatantly blatantly paid to win and like it's all by microtransaction. All EA it's, games. I mean, sure. Yeah, absolutely. I off the top of my head, I was thinking about Black Desert Online, which is an MMORPG. But yeah, I mean, it's it's disgusting in a way but but those those companies are thinking like you did with your younger sibling yeah in a way and there's an audience for it 100 percent. yeah 100 percent. supply and demand so, uh you were talking about how you like a little bit followed suit with like pawning off the work onto somebody else was yeah. there ever like another situation where it was like at work or whatever and you were given this like responsibility and you were like, maybe I can do it differently or maybe you had like access to something and you're like, I could use this for personal benefit? Uh, Not really. I mean, the only other thing like there would be along those lines is, again, taking advantage of like a new employee. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, like they'll go to the screen to like take orders and they won't take an order that they totally could have taken. But again, it wasn't me being like, hey, you should only take this order. It was more or less just like, oh, they took this order and they're off in their car or whatever. And I'm just like, well, <laughs> I, I mean, that's just the new person, I guess. So thanks. I'm going to take happens. I'm going to take the order that you could have took. So gotcha. uh, you know, I mean, <laughs> but like. I am at the low end of the totem pole as far as like the hierarchy of the company. So I don't, we don't really like have any given act or I don't personally have any like given access. I don't think except for like, um, I can log, I can log people out on certain orders. So if I wanted to, I could totally be like, all right, well, Jim Bob is only taking this order and I know it's a crappy tip. So here you go. Like get out. Oh, of like st- send them on that route. Yeah. Yeah. Like basically oh. the easiest way to explain it is during a dinner rush. Um, mm-hmm. They trust me enough to grant me the power to do that exam, that, that task. For example, yeah. like I, uh, if, if it's super crazy and like other drivers are doing things, I can be like, all right, so we need to get these out the door. Like, here we go. Kevin, you're taking this. John, you're taking that. Here's your receipts. Boom, boom, boom. I try to treat everyone fairly as far as like what they get. But yeah, if I wanted to, though, I could totally just screw people over and just be like, basically like, shut up, take your delivery. We're busy as fuck right now. (laughs) Absolutely. A lot of those, like, especially online orders and shit, like you can see like what the tip was like ahead of time, right? Yeah, there is actually a way to do that. And a lot of my fellow coworkers gonna throw not none of throw none of you under the bus by name, but 
Some fellow Not by co- name, just by shade. By shade, yeah. Some of my fellow coworkers do actually look that up. And I have seen a time or two where somebody will. So, like, you're supposed to take the top order if you're the first person in queue, right? Makes sense. Because it's like by time, right? By time, right. Okay. So I've seen people look at the tip. And then route an order that was not supposed to go to them. Like they were the first person up, but they routed the third order down because they knew it was a good tip. Damn. Scandalous. I feel like maybe that <laughs> little piece of information should be like limited, you know? Yeah. Like not everybody can see it. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I don't know why they show it, but it is what it is. Um. So, yeah, I guess there's... I guess there's that for everyone because everyone has access to that no matter what user level they are in the system. So um, gotcha. there's really no way around it. I mean, you would think that that would be like a manager only access point. Like I would think that, you know, to where, but somebody could easily go over to one of the computers that the manager sign into and just like act like they're doing something else. Like, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> there's always a way not to there's get into too many way. technical you know technical things about my job but you know that there is always a way yes definitely mm-hmm. most definitely so i do have an example of when i was at the lower end of the totem pole and at had a job a, had a, yep had a little bit of responsibility slash things i could do um and I just happened to work a super bullshit time slot, but I knew taking this job that it would be that way. Yeah. Um. So I'm so sorry if you're listening to this, but one of my family members did get me that job. Oof. Um, and nothing ever went wrong. We were totally fine. Honestly, this is the first time that anybody's ever hearing about this. Ooh. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so um it's not that bad it's not that bad it's just an abusive resource that's all it is Mm, okay and i really like to read books like a lot a lot a lot um i've recently switched over to like kindle because it's just so much cheaper and then i don't have like hundreds of pounds of books to move with me because i move like every other year sure but at the time i was reading this series that levi actually got me into And it's the Stormlight Archive by Brandon Sanderson, which is so fucking good. But these books are over a thousand pages each. Oh, damn. Um, So they they are thick, like thick three C's. (laughs) Three C's. Three C's. And I finished, I think it was the second one in the series, which the fourth one is coming out this year. Super fucking excited. Okay. Um. I finished the second one and then there's like a 2.5 that like the the author wrote off to the side to give you like a lot of background information on like one of the characters and like that character's like abilities and like other things tie in together and it was definitely worth the read but I was like fuck dude like where am I gonna get this book like I literally just finished the second one it's eight o'clock at work I still have three hours I'm bored. There's nothing to do. I just have to be a human in the office that's here. That's my job. So I found the PDF online. Perfect. And I printed the book at work. And it was 700 pages. <laughs> oh, no. And, oh, it gets better. Um, <laughs> and my dumbass 
didn't change any of the settings before I went to print it and printed sure. it single sided. Oh, no. So there weren't words on both sides of the sheet. It was on one side, printed out didn't, next side. Didn't adjust the font size to like get more words on a page or anything. No, Just... it. I ended up having to put like, you know, those like stacks of copy paper and they're like 500, like almost three of those. <laughs> <laughs> punched every single one of them so that i could put them in a binder um so my my family member came in to work the next day and just saw like these little remnants of like confetti everywhere because it was impossible to get it all um (laughs) after like you know a thousand sheets of paper hole punching them like individually it was terrible and they're like oh so like what happened and i was like oh i was just you know cleaning up i emptied the thing and it just uh spilled everywhere i don't know no idea. <laughs> so yeah, that that would that yep. I printed off about a thousand pages, one sided of a book that I could have bought for like four dollars. Just because you couldn't wait. I couldn't wait, dude. It was so fucking good. It was so fucking good. <laughs> and I fa- I found it online for free, like from the author. You know, he was just like, oh. I, yeah, and he was just like, yeah. I just I wrote this because I wanted y'all to have more backstory on this character. Thought it would be useful. Here you go. And I'm like, oh, shit, dude. Yeah, it was amazing. That's actually pretty rad, though, that the author did that. So shout out to him. Also, shout out to Levi. (laughs) Yeah, Levi really likes those like fantasy type books. Um, There's like the Wheel of Time series written by. Oh, my fucking God. So Jordan something. I totally forgot. But that author passed away and Mm. Brandon Sanderson took over for like writing that series. What? That's so cool. Yeah, it's what? really awesome. Adrian, I haven't read those yet. Will you, will you promise me if, if we ever become authors and I start writing something and I pass away, you have to carry on. You have I can to try. You can. <laughs> <laughs> that's so cool, though. I'm I like that. That's wholesome. That's really, really wholesome. <laughs> it is. Yeah, that's cool. Well, you guys need to check out those books. I feel like Adrian knows her stuff when it comes to talking about books. So. Levi gave me that book for Christmas one year, and I think it took me like eight months to even touch it because mm. it was such a huge book. And I was like, dude, if this sucks, I mean, this is hours of my life, hours of my life. You know, sometimes you read like a couple chapters and you're like, dude, it still sucks. You know, that book, as soon as I opened it, it was amazing. It was so amazing. Really? Yeah. If you really like the kind of... um like the worlds and realms that things like Harry Potter and Lord of the Rings and like stuff like that is set in, like you would really like this. And since you're Mm. reading it, you kind of get to like just imagine how it looks and it ends up looking so much better than if you were to see it in a movie. That's interesting for sure. And I tend to agree with that. So, and that's probably the reason why a lot of people say the book was totally better than the movie. Fuck the movie, you know. <laughs> they probably also imagined a lot of those characters and like scenes playing out a little bit different. Sure. And then they see what like the director envisioned and they're like, "Nope, it's not it. Mm-mm, you ruined it." And I think that's unfair to like knock on the movie mm-hmm. because directing is an artistic vision. So, it's 
their interpretation, you know? And you have to cut out a lot to make it work. Like those Harry Potter books were huge. Fitting it into like sure. a two to three hour movie, you're cutting out like 200 pages at a time. You yeah, know? I was going to say the length too is probably what upsets some people because they like they want to see like the full build up to like certain scenes, I'm sure, or the aftermath of certain, you know, plot lines and you or even characters like a lot of the characters, they totally sure left them out other than like a pivotal scene where like they had to be present you know sure absolutely fuck the backstory we don't even really need to know their name they just had to be there for like five minutes yeah (laughs) yeah oh it's always so interesting though i mean i think most of the time though i don't know i could be going out on a branch here but i feel like most of the time between the author and the director they like they they do pretty well for to like to honor what the author has written. I don't know. The one thing that, that the one thing that does come to mind where that did not happen was Kubrick and Stephen King in the shining. I think I may have mentioned that on a previous podcast, but it's, uh, I know I read that book, but I haven't seen the movie. That's what we're, that's what we talked about. I think, I think okay. that's what, yeah, you had not you seen, recommended that book to me and I read right, it and, and it's it. fucking creepy. It's so good. But the way oh that God. he's portrayed in the movie Jack Nicholson is like Jack Nicholson, right? Like he's really intense. And the way that Stephen King wrote the book, he's more, the buildup is more mild. And that's all I'm going to say, because if you haven't read The Shining or seen The Shining, most of you have probably seen it, but if you haven't read the book, I highly recommend it because the way that they build up his character in the book is when it all starts to like turn the corner um without again giving anything away when it starts to, like I feel turn like the this corner, is like 20 something years old just like spoil it like if you haven't seen it i don't know if uh, you're i'm i'm still not gonna spoil it. i'm still not gonna spoil it <laughs> i'm just gonna say when the when the main character turns the corner so to speak the way that it bu- is built up is so much better it's so much better in the book but that's not to say that i did not appreciate Kubrick's interpretation of him because the movie is scary. Like it, whenever you think of, whenever you think of, well, do you think thriller movies are scary? That's a, that's really depends on like the vibe that you get because with thriller, like what's really scaring you is not knowing. Mm. It's it's mental. Yeah, they have to be really it's like a really delicate like dance or balance between like giving you enough information to keep you like interested, but not so much that you can figure it out until we want you to know. Mm. So like if they keep doing that, like like, you know, like bait on the hook and like, all right, come on, you know, and they like keep luring you in while also making it really like immersive shitload ambiance. Um, I feel like music is really important in those movies. Yes. yes. I well, don't know where they find these like orchestras or whatever playing in the background. But well, it's I Kubrick. Just, so I really? mean, you know, you know, the music has to be on point and everything that you just described is in the movie. And when I think of thriller, like I think that the shining has to be in the top three conversation of, of thrillers. So go see it if you haven't seen it especially you. <laughs> Do you have another two? You said top three. Do you have? Oh, like I, I haven't thought that deeply about, about <laughs> thrillers, but I think it needs to be like 
S tier, you know, the epitome of thriller. Like it needs to okay. be, it needs to be in that conversation, but we're okay. We got way off. We got way off track though. <laughs> totally fine. That's what podcasts are. <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> you're right. <laughs> so if you were ever given, you know, like in these like Harry Potter and Lord of the Rings and even Star Wars, like those kind of realms, there's always like an item or like a force or something that like everyone can kind of like tap into or have, but then they choose a side, a side or the middle. Like, where do you think you would fall in that spectrum? Have you ever played D and D? Yeah. Okay. Only... So you know how there's, you know, like, um, what is it? It's like lawful, good, yes. neutral, good, chaotic, good. And yes. then sa- same with evil. And then there's neutral. I think there's I... also classes of neutral. It's been a while since I played. Yeah. Yeah, I haven't played enough to remember them, but I always like being chaotic good. (laughs) Dude, same. (laughs) I think, though, that's just more or less like the fantasy me, right? Because there's there is like a difference. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not saying that I'm chaotic good in real life at all, but like the fantasy realm of of me, (laughs) it wants to be chaotic good. Have you ever played an evil character? I have not. I think uh, I think I'm going to the next time I play. I've only played D and D, unfortunately, like maybe a handful of times, probably a couple less than a handful. So, mm-hmm. but it's fun <laughs> for anyone that hasn't it played. It's fun. It is. I know. Like sometimes it gets like a bad rep or whatever because they're like, "Oh, only you know, like people who don't do a lot play this game." No, yeah. dude, you have to know so fucking much to even get through the first like hour. Of it. Just to build a character, you have to know so much. Sure. And it's just, it's awesome. Especially if you have a really good um, DM, GM, whatever you want to call yeah, them. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. Um, like guide you through this stuff and everyone's into it. Like everyone's, you know, got like an accent and some people even like dress up and shit. And I'm like, yes, this is the level that I'm here for. Yeah. You got to have people at least attempt an accent or like even a different cadence of talking. To like get into yeah. their character because I really do think like that is important unless like, well, let's just say this, the vibe has to be right with your group because I have played also with Absolutely. like a group of people that are just kind of like goofy, like stoner types. And I fit into that completely. So even mm-hmm. though we were like all being just like goofy about our campaign, it totally worked. Yeah. But I've also played with people who are really serious about it and don't have like the time or patience for someone who doesn't know a lot, you know, see that's, that's off putting for people that want to get into D and D right. It is. And unfortunately that was like one of the first groups I was introduced to. So I got put off of it for a long time. Yeah. And then I ended up meeting some more people who were really into it and they were like, no dude, we'll just, we'll show you. It's totally fine. We're just going to hang out. I'm just going to, I don't know, drink some meat or whatever the fuck. And then, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we're just gonna like go through this little town and do some quests and shoot some shit in the in the woods. It's fine. God, all right. I want to play D and D now. If you guys want to get to get a group together, send us a send us a DM on the on the tweeters, please. <laughs> oh man, I would have to be like consistent with it. I don't know if I've ever finished I finished one campaign, like one full like story. Uh huh. Um, I don't think I finished more than one though. Dang, I would love to at least have finished one campaign. I. I Can had the one? yeah, I had the option to be part of a group, but I would have mm-hmm. 
with work the way that it was, I would have ended up getting there a little late every single time that they got together. So I would have had to like play catch up every time. So I was like, eh. You should have just added that to your character. Like you have like narcolepsy or something, (laughs) you know, and it's just like, all right, raise awake. Like I'm the town drunk and I just so happen to like catch up to the party. Like, yeah, they like drag you in a wagon or something. (laughs) Hell yeah, dude, you can make it work. See, and that's like, what I right. love. Like you, you, they, you, they've come too. Yeah, it's you have that creative freedom to like build not only your own story, but like build off other stories. You know, so yes. it's super yes. cool. Maybe we'll. Do you think Sorry, we could do like a mini campaign now. on a podcast? A really short one. I think that could be fun. Sorry, In to one hour, your we would have to fucking like speed run D and D. What if we did a special like hour and a half Patreon only <laughs> D&D episode? We'll have to figure it out. It'd have to take like four hours off air just to make a character. Yeah, we'd have to. We definitely have to do some offline buildup for sure. But yeah. enough to where we could catch everyone up and like listeners would be, you know. <laughs> would we need a third? Would we need a DM? We definitely need a DM. So if you guys, if, if anyone listening is interested, again. I wonder if Levi would do it. Ooh, I bet he would. We've been talking about getting Levi on the podcast, right? We've, we've said that a couple He's times. He's been so busy. I'm going to hit him up, though. Yeah. Let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> I, know, I know the last time that I played, I played with Jom and, and some of our uh, fellow compadres. Jom, like Jomothy from the Carolinas? Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. And Follow. he was our DM and I actually rather enjoyed it. So, um, John, He's an amazing human. John is awesome. I love John. Um, but yeah, maybe we Levi, John, we can figure something out. It, I'm just, I'm really amped up right now. <laughs> <laughs> we went from like power struggles to printing books to like, dude, do you guys want to play D and D? Cause I really do. <laughs> oh shit. I am like foaming great. at the mouth right now. Like I'm ready. I'm <laughs> A rabid like, dog, like if you haven't had anything to like really flex your like imagination in a while, like it's such a good time. It's yeah. such a good time. Do you also like doing improv? Because I feel like people that really like D and D also like doing improv. So, I, I guess, I guess in a way, I like to think of like witty things to say, or even after like I have a conversation with someone, like I'll play it back in my head. And I'll be like, oh, well, I could have said it this way. And then the next time I have a conversation with people like that, like I like rework it, you know, does that yeah. make sense? Uh, totally. I, yeah, actually I do the same thing. So it feels refreshing <laughs> to know that somebody else does it. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes I'll just like be sitting like in my office and I'll be doing something. Um, but in the background, like my head is like, you could have done it better. You could have yep. said this like in a different way or like a little faster or something and just like really nailed it. I do so. that on the podcast all the time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sometimes when I listen to these episodes back, I'm like, Ooh, I, you, mm. yeah, you guys need to understand something right now. When Adrian and I both like review the, like the week or the week before that we've done, we definitely mm-hmm. I feel like I feel like we we are definitely our like biggest judges for sure. Hundred <laughs> percent. I cringe a lot whenever I re-listen yes. to myself. Yes. Yeah. I, oh man. <laughs> Getting a little meta, but yeah. <laughs> 
Oh man. It's good to review your stuff though. That's how you get better. Yeah. It's 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 a necessary evil. Have you ever met somebody who is on like the other side of like that like working spectrum and instead of like reviewing and like analyzing and calculating and doing it better, they're just like, "No, I think what I'm doing is good. I don't need to to work on it." You know? I, think I feel like there's... those people would be on like like the eviler side of the spectrum. Mm. Yeah, perhaps. Perhaps. I mean, I think that there's that person in any setting. Um, True. I think that comes down to like, I'm trying to look for the psychological term in my brain right now. Um, just the, the, the inability to self-reflect um, or self-judge or... Or doubt. Doubt, I feel like, is a huge one. Sure. Sure. Um, yeah. Like... <laughs> I had somebody the other day. It was actually um it was actually Vic, Mr. Vic Shea, a member of my uh Twitch community. Shout out to Vic. But he was like, I could never or I can't remember the the exact back story behind how we got to this, but or what he said verbatim, but it was something along the lines of this. I could never be a streamer because I'm afraid of getting embarrassed. And I was straight up just like, when I get embarrassed on stream, I just own it. Like <laughs> it's it's happening. So how I can't dial it back. It's not like it's not like we're yeah. YouTube producers where we can just cut the scene out and refilm something. It is know? like if you think about it too much, especially while you're doing it, it can be overwhelming and mm. you you really you can't think about that like while you're doing it cuz at least for me, like it'll just become like Oh my God, people are looking at me. I'm doing this thing. Am I like breathing into the mic? Did I just pick my nose? I don't really know. Like, <laughs> um, but yeah, messing up. Um, yesterday, actually, on stream, what I so I have cried on stream before, mm. but it was like because of the game or because of the story or something like really just kicked you right in the heart. Um, sure. But I cried yesterday because my community wanted to kick me in the heart. Um, and I was just like, so like overwhelmed and I was just like trying to like fight through it. And I kept trying to talk and I kept like sniffling and then like, they just kept just punching me right in the heart. And, (laughs) (laughs) um, and I was just like, all right, like I, I just have to like stop sweating out of my eyes and I'll be fine. And I had, I actually had to like throw up the BRB for a second, take a lap like around the house and just be like, it's going to be fine. <laughs> what but part of me did consider? I was like, I can just shut this off. I can. I'm not can. gonna, but I can. Well, it's it. I think it's good to be real, you know, on stream. It is, but it you're also extremely vulnerable. Extremely, because your community is there for you, and if you've built the community that you want, like which for me is like really loving. Uh, really supportive, but also extremely lewd people, which is, <laughs> <laughs> which is just my humor. Yeah. Um, you know, then that can be great, but maybe you have like a random person pop in and then they don't know what's really fucking happening. And mm. they're just like, you know, and sometimes True. it can, it can be weird, but thankfully like yesterday went really well. Um, cried off all my makeup. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm glad it went well. What exactly? Like, do you want to indulge in what happened exactly, or are you just it gonna just, leave that was, for? 
the Twitch. It was generosity. Thing. Yeah, it's in the VOD if you guys want to check it out. But it was Fair. just people being like overly generous and really nice. And I was just like, why? I don't deserve you. It's like I'm sitting here talking about drawing leaves and drinking coffee. I don't understand. <laughs> just like a bunch of like golden retriever puppies just swarming you while you're laying on the ground. Oh my god. I think my heart would fall out of my butt. Like <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't know how to handle that. It's too cute. No, that's that's incredible. That's incredible. A lot of heartwarming. A lot of heartwarming things in tonight's episode. Also some savage things as well. But you know, hey, we gotta cover all the bases. (laughs) So I think if we do this whole D D thing or even like just whatever, we gotta play characters that are not our normal. Ooh, right. So let's also, could we like be opposite of each other too? Potentially. Like, and then like, like maybe like a lawful good and a chaotic evil yeah. or maybe like a lawful neutral and a, I don't know. Neutral I think, evil? I, Is think that a thing? I think the former, I think the former, like, right. Total opposite ends. Total opposite ends. I would have a really hard time with lawful anything because I really enjoy bending and skating around the rules. I think I would enjoy the challenge of being lawful. Really? Yeah. Damn. Just because right, I then. gravitate towards chaotic good so much. I like chaotic good. I really, really do. Because you can still do what's right, but in like the total bullshit madness way. Exactly. It's the best. <laughs> it is. I agree. Like, For I don't me, know. It's like exactly what it should be. I don't know how people, this is off topic from D&D, but going to like a GTA role playing. I don't know if you guys <gasps> oh have my ever God. seen that. But the people who play cops, I could never role play a cop on GTA. Never. Really? Never. Oh my god, it would drive me insane. But there's like I've people never who tried. have built Twitch careers by being like a hard nose. I can't remember his name for the life of me. But there was I watched a a a, a documentary on streaming. Yeah, th- those exist. Um, hmm. it was it was cool. I guess like gave some insight on some stuff that I didn't no, really that's know. Awesome. But yeah, there was a there was one streamer who literally ma- got his sort of breakthrough. On becoming mm-hmm. this hard-nosed, you know, by the book cop on GTA Five role-playing servers, and so he role-plays it too. Like he does, like the whole like the whole nine yards, and and he role-plays the cop in real life. So when you go see him at TwitchCon, he's in full fucking police regalia. Like I admire whole, that. I I do too. Because if that were me, I'd be like, yo, I'm going to TwitchCon. I'm just trying to, like, relax and, like, meet my fans and shit. No. Dude's straight up in costume. <laughs> like. That's amazing. Signing autographs and, and meeting people. It's so incredible. I Handing out little deputy stars, you know? It, deputy is in the <laughs> name. Oh, this is going to kill me. I've, I'll, I'll find it and maybe put it in the description on the YouTube channel. But, yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. I love that. I but love that. I I'm, could never I wanted to do. Did, have you ever done like a cosplay or anything like that? Like anything no. besides like Halloween? No, I haven't. And I want to say part of the reason is I'm limited by my glasses. 
because I, I'm blind as a bat without them. So I'd have to get contacts. You don't do I, contacts? Do not do contacts whatsoever. So if I did want to cosplay something, a character that didn't wear glasses, mm-hmm. I'd, I'd have to get contacts. I feel like there's a lot of characters that you could do with glasses. Though. Right. Or get clear frames. That's an option. That's an option too. But I feel like there's not any character that strikes me uh, as, as something that I would want to do that wears glasses. So, and that's also, I mean, it's not to say that I am also like super gung ho about cosplaying either. So (laughs) fair enough. I just, if you wanted to get into it, I wouldn't limit yourself by your appearance. I feel like so much of what cosplay is like people start out with things that look very similar to them and then slowly learn to like change and alter their appearance in different ways to look like these other characters. That's very true. That's very true. One of my favorite, favorite, favorite fucking cosplayers, I stalk her on every fucking platform, is Bucket Brown. She does an amazing job at so many different characters. So many. Well, I guess it's also, that is an art and that is an interpretation. So, I mean, there is some uh, artistic leeway there. For me, I think maybe like the way that my brain works and like the rigidity of in that, that vision, Mm -hmm. I would have to do something. I would have to do a character with glasses, you know? So I don't know. You guys can think of something. Shoot us a, shoot us a DM. You could always like alter the character a little bit though. Like you could make it more your own. Mm. You know, it doesn't have to be like an exact like clone of the character. Maybe you could do like a character, but like, I don't know, like a Brainiac version or something. Okay. You know, with glasses or something. Was it like Superman wears like glasses during the day? Clark Kent. That's exactly. I'm super fucking smart. And then he takes them off and he's like, actually, I'm super fucking strong. No bullshit. (laughs) That's exactly who I thought of when we first brought that up. I was like, Clark Kent. Nice. Could do Clark Kent. Yeah. (laughs) Totally, dude. Wait, have you you cosplayed? some stuff i wouldn't call anything that i've done cosplay i mean i've done you know like costume parties halloween gone to the renaissance fair shit like that but i think ren fair counts and I, then um i think it does there's it's called foshing in in europe and it's like this celebration kind of where they have like a parade with like some super fucking creepy shit in it Mm. um and it's meant to like scare away winter and then like invite spring so Ah. they have a lot of these like really huge masks on people of like carved out really creepy like ghouls or witches or demons or whatever to scare away winter um and then like pretty much everyone else can just like dress however they want um, like as the the parade or whatever is coming through, it's really kind of like interactive to the people on the sidelines, which I did not know at first. <laughs> and my parents were just like, if you get kidnapped, you'll be fine. And I'm like, what? Um. <laughs> yeah, uh, excuse me? Um, so we sat up like on this little wall and it was like four feet up, you know, so like most people of average five ish foot height would not be able to get me. Sure. And then, and then I saw <laughs> this dude who was bred with some Viking blood from somewhere in a really cold part of the world where they make huge humans, <laughs> like almost a seven foot tall dude 
just walk right over and fucking threw me over his shoulder and ran down the street and dropped me in some other dude's arms. And I'm like, oh, my God, where am I? Yeah. No way. Dude, it was nuts. And then I went back over there after like 10 minutes because I have the worst navigation skills ever. <laughs> and I went back over there and I was wearing like a like a winter jacket with one of those big fluffy hoods. Yeah. And so, well, someone, like a, a misfit or bandit, whatever, snuck up behind me and took like a huge like sack of like paper confetti and threw it in my hood and then threw my hood up on me. <laughs> so like I was covered in that shit and it was like down in my jacket and forever embedded in the fur of my coat. And oh my God, it was nuts. It was nuts. How I've never been you? to mm, 19. Okay. Okay. Yeah, it's so it was like seven years ago. Dude, it was crazy. It was crazy. And everyone's in masks, so you have no idea who these people are. That's That just goes to show you like the difference in like ways of society between Europe and, and here, for mm-hmm. sure. That shit would never yeah. fly in 2020 in America. Oh, no. Just oh, no. taking some random kid, like, no. That shit would not fly. Absolutely not. There and there's be- even... <laughs> There's even like green people who come through and they'll like like four of them will grab you real fast and they'll paint your face green and then they'll run away. I like it. Or they there just, was um they just inducted like, you into their goblin gang. Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 100%. It, it's it was crazy. If you if you ever go to Europe around that time of year, find a foshing festival, just see what it's about. I'm it's totally about I'm totally about it. Like I'm actually jealous of like for their creativity as far as like their festivals go. Because mm-hmm. like in St. Louis, I mean, yeah, we're a drinking town for sure, but we drink for like the normal bullshit, you know? Like we just Barbecue drink or Yeah, like NASCAR, I don't know. Yeah, fucking, <laughs> you know, uh what's coming up uh, around the corner? Fucking uh, Mardi Gras, you know, like, oh my god, I forgot about that. Well, it's huge in St. Louis. I mean, it doesn't hold a candle still to New Orleans, but it's uh, it's apparently it's the second biggest Mardi Gras celebration in the country. Dude, here. I'm right by Atlanta. I feel like it's gonna be nuts. I I would have to think that Atlanta would also be pretty crazy. I feel like Atlanta can throw a good party. I hope so. I hope so. Is this gonna be like your first big, like? celebration like national celebration in when since in atlanta moved? yeah probably yeah okay. are you guys planning on going out when is mardi gras uh next this weekend this weekend at least it is for us uh, oh yeah i'll have to look i feel like it's different weekends depending on where you live but i'll have to look probably yeah because isn't mardi oh, gras shit. just like a full february thing that's what I thought. And there's always like these babies and cakes and shit and yeah. like moon pies being <laughs> fucking whipped Dude, at you from floats. The and- baby, the baby cake. Uh, We had one. I like I have such vivid memory of this in fourth grade. We got a baby cake at some point in February. I don't remember the exact date or anything, but it's good luck if you get it right. Yeah. And I okay. like we all had to like put our heads down on our desks and the teacher cut the, the cake uh-huh. And she obviously she explained like whoever gets the baby is a lucky one or you know, whatever the Don't fuck it was. On it. Yeah, exactly. And I was like, I'm for sure not getting it. I'm not that lucky. So I put my head up. I start ta- I start eating my cake 
without even like, because there was a bunch of kids that were like digging into the sides of their piece to see if they got it. And I'm just mm-hmm. sitting there like, no, yeah, I'm I just going to fucking cake. Yeah, I'm going to enjoy this fucking cake. I, whatever. I'm not getting that fucking baby anyway. So like two bites in, I'm like, what the hell is this thing? I'm like, I got the baby. Oh, man, that's awesome. <laughs> So that was pretty rad. That was pretty rad. But uh, I have not had a, a a baby. Why are we calling it a baby cake? It actually it's a king has cake. King cake. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> I have not. So ha- if, sorry. Go ahead. I was going to say I haven't had a king cake since since fourth grade. So I don't know. I was going to say if you're not from America or if you're not living in the South, basically what a king cake is, it's like a donut shaped cake, like a bunt cake. And they put like a little plastic baby in it. It's like, it's so tiny. It's like, mm-hmm. like an inch or so. And they just whip that bitch in there, bake the cake. And then they cover it in like the, um, like the green and purple and all kinds of shit. Yeah. Green, purple, then, gold. Yeah. All the Mardi Gras colors. And then they slice it up and they dish it out. And whoever gets the baby, it's like, oh shit, good luck. You know, even though you have like plastic food in your whatever. <laughs> yeah exactly little plastic doll like you don't know where the hell that little plastic baby's been <laughs> right where do they get these babies are they just exactly. buying like packs of little naked babies somewhere right just- like what company decided like okay you know what we're going to create these little plastic babies and our main buyers are going to be people that do giant mardi Gras celebrations like oh man i mean so- i guess you don't have to put like a choking hazard label on there because food you probably would though right i don't know unless it's printed on the butt of the baby i think it's probably fine if i'm a lawyer and i and i work for a company that sells king cakes i'm probably gonna be like you know what guys maybe maybe we should i don't know make the baby a little thicker (laughs) maybe that or just slap a little sticker on there and be like look if you choke on this and we're not responsible (laughs) you probably put that like on like the cake label I'm sure they do. I'm sure they do. Contains small plastic infant. Don't eat it. <laughs> right. <laughs> Did you ever get like a bunch of necklaces when you were at the parade? Oh, man. Eh. I, yeah, I want to say when I was younger, for sure. For sure. When, when Mardi Gras was still an innocent thing. Because once you, nice. once you turn like 18... You know, you well, of course, you run the risk of getting an MIP, but we didn't care at the time. But like going down to Mardi Gras, mm-hmm. I mean, you were you were looking for the debauchery. <laughs> the That's only, where it lives. The only beads that were flying there were for women that wanted to show their breasticles. I mean, that's, you know, I never did that. I never did that. But I mean, they they throw so much stuff off the side of floats, right? Like, food and cups and hats and all kinds of shit that if you just have your arms up for long enough you're gonna catch something yeah i feel like that's like you know that's that's the family version and once the float's done it's it's party on wayne party well, yeah, on then you take your fucking new cup and you go over to the bar <laughs> yeah yeah you get a you get a fucking hurricane or whatever and you know a, a 32 ounce budweiser and <laughs> oh dude have you ever had those drinks that come in like a literal like sand pail like a little bucket <laughs> i've never had one of those but i know exactly what you're talking about oh dude they're always at mardi gras they're those just like, should have danger labels <laughs> oh probably or the ones that are like two feet long you know yeah that's what i'm talking about like the hurricane i think is the popular one because like that you see those you see those things everywhere in new orleans 
I know we've yeah. talked about New Orleans before on the and podcast. And they put them on a necklace. Seriously. It's Yeah. You you have to go down there and just get one for the experience. Even if you're like, ah, no, I'd never drink that. No, just get one. Just one. You know, maybe or, honestly split it with somebody because it's yeah, so much sugar. That's a good idea. Or uh, a hand grenade too. Those are what's in a hand grenade? That's you know? uh that it's like along the same lines. It's some fruity, sugary thing that comes in like a green grenade slightly resembles a grenade thing. <laughs> Interesting. I've yeah. never heard of that before. Yeah, they have. They're in New Orleans. I don't think I've ever seen them anywhere else aside from New Orleans. Hmm. So I haven't had a lot of mixed drinks, to be honest, other than just like one liquor and like a soda or a juice or something. Same. I've had like a couple cocktails, but I really don't stray towards the ones that are like of the rainbow variety, you know, like where it's like three different colors in a glass. I'm like, that looks like a headache. It does. 100%. Like the more sugar that's in it, the more I don't want to drink it because mm-hmm. hangover city. <laughs> I already get hungover enough off of just beer. I don't need to add a bunch of sugar that's going to dehydrate me, you know? <laughs> I've been on like a really big wine kick lately. I don't know why. Is it? I don't I don't get bloated or anything from it. I don't need to drink three to get a buzz. I'm just like one glass of wine. It's pretty, pretty good. Pretty good. Are you feeling it the next day though? If I drink cheap wine, I get a headache. Right. It has to be like a pretty good wine. Like I found like two or three brands of like a dry red that are like pretty primo and not more than $20. Right. Um, So I usually go for those. I would feel uncomfortable paying more than $20 for a bottle of wine, but I'm not a wine drinker. So, hey, don't yell at me. If I'm the only one drinking it, I would I would feel uncomfortable with more than $20. But if it's just me, I mean, like, eh, $11, $15, that's fine. That's fine. Well, also, if you're only drinking a glass at a time, I mean, sure. But yeah, I know... Yeah, Tops all have, like, two glasses. I know plenty of people that are putting down more than two glasses of wine when they drink wine. You know, I'm oh, not saying yes. every night, but, you know, when oh, they yes. drink wine, they're drinking some motherfucking wine. <laughs> Oh, yeah. I remember the first time I had this kind of wine actually was with Jesse's mom. And it was like a normal like wine glass, you know, like the the fat bellied kind for like red wine. Yeah. And she filled it up like to the top. Every time I see people drink wine, they put like like a fucking splash in there. They're like, oh, swish it around. Let it aerate. (laughs) You know, she's just like, fill this bitch up. And I was just like. Yes, (laughs) I will drink wine with you. (laughs) It was just, it was great. It was a good introduction to like a whole class of alcohol I had no idea about. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna admit that like I'm not super versed, um, in wine by any means, but I think I've tried my fair share. Still doesn't do it for me. I know what I don't like. There are very few things I do like. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I feel like there could be a wine out there that does really do it for me. Maybe when I discover that is to be determined. <laughs> Go to wine tasting at some point, drink like seven, and then you're like, they're I all mean, so good. Yeah, I doubt that. But <laughs> <laughs> I mean, after three tastings, who knows? That's true. That's very true. <laughs> and now that we've completely gone off the rails of our topic tonight um, what happened to this podcast we well we're we're at the finish line my friends we so. are we are i've had a good time this episode though yeah yeah 
All right. Well, thank you guys so much for listening. We put out episodes every single Wednesday. You can find us on Spotify, YouTube, all the shenanigans. Find us on Patreon, and we will see you next time. Bye, guys. Bye, guys.